Hello and welcome to Midlifers, your slice of midlife show where we salam, where we salute all things post 40, from niggly aches and pains to pretty giant ones like losing a parent. It all seems to mount up at 40 plus. Midlifers with Saloni. I am your show host, Saloni Mehta, and with me in the studios today is none other than Kwasar Thakur Padamsi, director, actor, artistic director and chaiwala at QTP. Also notably founder of Thespo, the biggest youth theatre festival in India today. Welcome to the show, Q. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. What's up, this humble humility about the chaiwala? How deep does this run? Well, I don't know. It, I'd put it up well before the country got a chaiwala so um, <laughs> now I don't know how humble that that statement is um, but uh, no it's actually it was my first job yeah, in the theatre was uh, to bring chai to rehearsal um, in Bombay the way I, I turned up I was a um, actually I was what was called assistant to director which is basically whatever the director wants you get and my two first jobs one was to go out and get chai for rehearsal and the other one was I had to sit on the stage of Homi Baba Auditorium while the director, who at that time was my father, would yell at me and then I would have to yell to the dressing rooms that were underneath the stage. So he would call out for an actor and then I had to yell below. And this was this was literally my first two jobs. Um, but th- it, it, th- there's a lovely thing about, about chai and theatre. I mean, you know, it is literally that chai break is what, what bonds us. Um, I mean, you and I were chatting earlier about whether I want a cup of tea or not right now. And I used to actually not be a tea drinker at all. And then one day I happened to be in a meeting where we were discussing a ghost project. Like it was an an academic assignment of a production of Hamlet. And we were sitting in Prithvi and uh, Salim, Atul, Shiba are all chaiwalas and they kept ordering. So I also kept having chai because it kept coming. And then at the end of it, because I was playing the director in this ghost exercise, I said, listen, I'll get the tab. And I went up. Apparently, in the three hours that we'd been sitting there, we drank 72 cups of tea. Oh, my God. And you know what? That was the day I became a chai drinker. And that was it. Like, I completely converted. And, you know, I, I've i been a chai drinker ever since. So, chai has a huge resonance with, with the theater. A, it's cheaper than coffee. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think, um, you know, like, in, in within the theater, chai, chai break, chai sutta, chai biscuit is such an important part. And I think every rehearsal I've ever been part of as an as a performer or as a stage manager or as anything, that moment of chai is a big thing. You know, it's a it's really a big, big thing because everyone comes together. There's a there's a really great sense of that. And um I actually wear it with, with quite a badge. You know, I'm happy to be bring bring the chai to rehearsal every day. The crazy bond of chai or coffee. Q, often as midlifers, we're losing anchors. You just lost your father, Alec Padamsi. Is one ever old enough to lose a parent? Ooh, tough one. I don't think so. Um, it's it's a really... No, I don't think you can. Um, I don't think you ever are. It's... Losing a parent is a very complicated thing. Um, there are mixed emotions, there are regrets always, there is resentments, there is forgiveness, there is just completely, you know, being empty. I'm relatively a pragmatic person, 
human being i normally thrive in in moments of crisis i've been off my game the last 10 days i didn't expect it to be to affect me in this way so i can only speak from the experience i've just had and i said i'm 40 years old i should be over this this should be a very practical thing you know yes emotional and whatever but you know um i've struggled to get back to work you know things like that so i don't know i i don't think i don't think you're ever old enough um it's it's a very strong bond that someone who has reared you and made you what you are is then no longer there um and in in my father's case it's not like i had a childhood with him we met as almost adults we we you know and and that's how we vibe but i you know it's almost that without me wanting to he kind of creeped under my skin <laughs> and and influenced some of the things i did um but it's still it's still affected it's still tough um in spite of all the the pragmatism that you can you think you're going to to face this with we do have complicated relationships with our fathers it's not just loving and sweet um but on a practical note what change would it make now with him gone you know you know it's a really weird way i mean he one of the things that i respect him a lot for in my own career is the fact that he never interfered right i found my own way to the theater i discovered the theater on my own um the work i did was completely different to his the kind of plays i do are different to his um and he it was like i mean dinner was that that much more fun because we had different points of view and this table tennis would happen huge levels of respect on both sides but it was still not the same you know cookie cutter kind of mentality and i really appreciated that um and the same thing then rides uh across so i don't know so professionally obviously n- nothing has changed but you miss that phone call you miss that that ability to to just have the chat he would never come to anything that i did before opening night right but he'd be there opening night and then usually we'd have lunch the next day you know for 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 the conversation i'll miss that i will sh- miss that immensely um we we bonded over football and cricket and and you know watching other shows and films and you know things like that and in that is the influence and and where things get get passed he taught me about film noir and he made me a you know humphrey bogart fan so you miss things like that you know um recently we watched a whole series of documentaries about american politics in the uh, in the 80s and 70s and stuff and he knew so much about it and it's just he's an in, he was an encyclopedia hmm. right so while we're watching it he's embellishing on what is happening about you know lyndon johnson and about what happened with the kennedys and you know all the way to dukakis and bush and this and that and it was so interesting and you you look at the world suddenly with a new light and i'll miss that the fact that within a 5 minute conversation he can quickly change the lens with which you see something hmm. um maybe because he sees it in multiple lenses maybe because he's trying to force his lens on you but really really quickly you just it just flips and you're going before you know it you suddenly walk out of that room going whoa what just happened <laughs> one of the most inspiring people i've met yeah. 
um, let's go back to Kwasar when he was five. Good God. Huh. Yeah, if you can travel back in time. So what did that little boy want to do or become? Um, good God, I think may not be five, but I think when I was six or seven, I want to be a, uh, an Air Force pilot. Um, only because there was a there was a, a join the IAF uh, poster, I think that was on my bus route uh, when I used to go to school. Um, but actually, I actually really thought of, uh, of wanting to be a pilot at that point. Um, but when I as I grew up. I didn't know what I wanted to be. I didn't like everyone else said doctor or something. Something I had no real kind of thing. Um, I enjoyed performing and acting. I don't. I don't think it was something I wanted to do at the time. And it was only when I was fifteen that I discovered, you know, that I want this to be part of my life. I mean, until then, you're doing it in school. You're doing it as an activity. You're not really, you know, doing it as because it's your passion. But something happened when in a play called The Glass Menagerie. Um, I was on stage. Um, I have a feeling my dad was in the audience. It was, I was in boarding school, so I think he was visiting at the time. And there was a moment when I paused in the middle of a speech. Were you playing Tom? Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. At the end of the play, I paused in the middle of the speech in the last uh, monologue. And I felt the audience pause with me. Mm. And I did what no actor should do at a moment like that. In my head, I thought, man, this is so cool. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but really, that's the moment I realized I wanted the, my life to be full of theater in some way. Let your hair down. Put your feet up. On Midlifers. I'm in conversation with Q, the brains and the brawn behind QTP and Thespo. Though you run the largest theatre, the youth theatre festival in the country, you yourself have now turned 40. Tan, so. tan, tan, tan. <laughs> How does the, the body feel? Does it feel any different? Um, yes, but, but I, I've always had an old body. Um, I've had back trouble, knee trouble, all of this. So I've always groaned in and out of chairs uh, my whole life. So the body actually doesn't feel very, very different. Um but one of the advantages of working on a youth festival is you have to be as or try to be as sprightly and and energetic as the guys who are putting the festival together. So that's in a strange way kept me kind of youngish, you know, because every year you're, you're dealing with 15 to, to, to 20 year olds or 25 year olds. Um, you look 16. Good God, no. And you've lost too much weight. No, no, I think so. The key, I've realized, the key to looking and feeling younger is comfortable shoes, right? If you see the guys who I went to school with, right, <laughs> it like they all look older than I. And I just think because they wear formal shoes when they go to work, right? I think I've I've been uh, uh, I'm in a in a sneaker profession where we can wear sneakers to work. In fact, I stood up at a at a college lecture. I was talking to some business students. And I turned up just from a show. So I was in full blacks with my cargoes and sneakers. And uh, I said, you know what the biggest perk of my job is? I can go to work dressed like this. You know, and all these guys in ties were like looking at me <laughs> like this. Hello thing. And it's true. I think I think being comfortable on your feet is a, is a big part of, of the strain that we that we have. Do you know greys yet? 
it's happening it's happening it's my happening. mustache it's arrived my beard it's arrived <laughs> it depressed me no oh, no why grace the new black no it, it's i don't know why it's not a um i think from the inside i've always been old like my bones always hurt my back hurts you know like so at least from the outside visage i i looked a little young and now like that's also going on like help <laughs> Uh, and it's truly inside to outside the first place i got a gray hair was in my nose really right? you yeah. saw it yeah 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 so imagine like that's the it's really inside to outside the age is coming out that is so interesting um, it's 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 quite it is depressing sometimes but i think we all survive yeah yeah of course i mean it's not a, i have no problem with it like i i you know i never think of dying or anything like yeah. that i have no problem with that just an Yeah, I'm like oh god this this is this is what, already yeah no not already i mean i have friends of mine i had a flatmate who's i think my age and he's been gray for about 10 years amit mm. um so i have like i think i'm the last one in my gang to turn gray mm. you know my, my my partner toral she's been gray since college i think you know um, but i'm i'm the last one to to di- di- discover a gray hair and that's the I, first of the many yeah i was surprised about how it affected me i didn't i didn't expect it to uh i didn't expect it to be you know like that big that yeah gray is a gray but it's happened symbolic yeah it's you know it's the turn it's the changing of the seasons clearly <laughs> <laughs> what about the appetite what about passion does theater still hold its spark for you interestingly theater one is that every week is completely different the challenges are completely different you're not stuck in the same physical space every time you might go to rehearsal for 3 months at a time or 4 months at a time and that becomes your home mm. but the moment you switch to the next play or the next project it's a new home new bunch of people everything is new it's almost a refresh you know it's um it's kind of very i mean my dad said something once he said uh, the wonderful thing about the theater is with every play you inherit a new family totally so you don't and he's like you may not be in touch for years but when you meet again because you've all been through that test of fire that bonding still remains even though you've never met each other for 20 years or whatever that that you've worked together towards something but he's like the advantage of that is you don't overstay each other's welcome <laughs> unlike yeah, a real family <laughs> ironically yeah there are no filters i guess when you're rehearsing it's I, very close well i Yeah, I think you like it all starts off very cordial and lovely, and then you go through that crappy phase, and then if whatever is happening in the other person's life or the other people's lives, you for that short span of time, you know intimately. Yeah, you know whether it's problems at home, you know illnesses that someone's suffering, you know in the family, what the the fight for the maid, the kids, you know everything for that really intense period of time. and the other thing that's wonderful about the theater and i mean this is a, a hit and a miss i know we we've always talked about why isn't the theater you know more pro- profitable why is it mm. not more you know professionalized why is it this why why can't we make a living off it and yes it would be good to make a living off theater mm. but i don't know if i want to make too much of a living off theater because there is something wonderful about the pro am you know the mm. amateurs who are working at a professional level and the f- and that is that when they come to rehearsal there is no other place they want to be it is out of choice they're not coming to rehearsal because it's a paid gig or because they have to pay rent they're coming to rehearsal because this play this group of people this project excites them mm. 
and that creatively and i think community wise is very exciting it's very very exciting and that kind of energy you don't really get elsewhere um and it's not that um it's not that it's it's phoned in like these people have made sacrifices to be there mm. you know whether it's uh other opportunity sacrifices financial sacrifices time with family sacrifice but this is something they've chosen so suddenly when you walk into that room those 8 10 20 people really want to be there and that's very very enriching and then when you meet a bunch of people with that kind of positivity day in and day out yeah you know and it, madness yeah it, it's it, madness because it's a choice you've made literally not to take luxury and comfort it's exactly that choice um, right but then luxury and comfort for most of us is uh, paralysis of the imagination in a sense yes um there are other i mean different things motivate different people that yeah. there's no two ways about it i found people in the theater like yourself like everyone that we've met in fact and i find this around the world mm. there is a it's 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 like a tribe so you meet someone from slovenia or something the fact that you you're both part of the theater and you even don't have a common language there is a bonding somehow there is that common language yeah and the other thing is the in today's day and age given the madness that the and the rat race that everything is racing under and this includes media and radio and everything you know we're all chasing eyeballs footfalls all of that the wonderful thing about the theater is it somehow is less mercenary in nature mm. i don't know how but it just is so unless you're really dealing with the with the main producers on the west end and broadway everyone else kind of you're only playing to 800 people a night you know you're not trying to reach the 10000s or the millions or whatever and that there is a certain loveliness and humanity to that tell me q are you a rebel i think my mother wanted me to be a rebel i don't think i am at all um i'm relatively sedate i've had no real rebellious phase um as a kid growing up i mean i had, i was a very hot tempered kid but i think that passed thanks to good friends um but i don't think so i'm the go to person when problems happen i'm the calm sedate one i'm you know i'm the one who's solving things you know in a way um i'm not i'm not the one who wants to light up you know and set fire to the world in 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 that way you know in, a, in the revolution way um i try and do some of that and try and communicate some of that through my work and some of the plays i do uh, about various topics but i don't think i'm i'm rebellious in the way your mom wanted you, know, you to be yeah like she I wanted me to be the cool kid but i wasn't you know she used to keep buying me in those days bermudas you know because they were cool and i was like yeah no <laughs> you know i don't think i've worn shorts since the 5th standard you know like i'm i'm that guy um so so yeah i wasn't i wasn't that i don't drink i don't smoke i don't you know do drugs so what's the real sin then um probably workaholism so workaholism is my is my is my that's vice. a wonderful sin that's a wonderful I don't know. vice uh i don't know if you'd call it wonderful for the people who i work with <laughs> but uh but yeah like i i really get a sense of purpose of of doing that i find it hard to switch off what and would you have done differently in life generally yes, in life generally. nothing um no regrets i have none 
um i still enjoy the life i lead i i love the fact that every week is completely different still daring to dream hanging with theater wala director actor kwasar thakur padamsi and it's time for some fun kwasar i'm going to throw you some words okay and you throw me back a word a concept a phrase even a story holy cow okay whatever comes to mind all right christmas eve um well it's it's the name of my father's house uh his uh building and in his own kind of way he then would have a christmas eve party i think only so that he could call it christmas eve at christmas eve <laughs> um with and, biryani and beer well yes it was actually bhel and beer bhel and uh, beer and then after much cajoling he expanded both the the food menu and the uh, and the booze menu but the amazing thing was one of the things that that everyone loved about it is because you could have pani puri with bisleri water ah and it was filtered water and that was not something that you you did particularly in the 80s and the 90s you know it wasn't as available as it is now so i think that's really why people came to the party because they could have rasta pani puri but no it was safe you know kind of thing um and that was kind of cool so that's christmas eve lovely love um well in my head it's it's the beatles show that cirque du soleil have done Uh, I haven't seen it yet so I'm dying to see it so it's been on my mind. Um so yeah love is 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 that but um So if we go from head to heart right then what's love? Um cherishing truth uh, Currently it's a play by Nasiruddin Shah. Oh. Um again these are uh, unfortunately everything comes references. back to they all come to performance yeah what can I do? Um uh, It's also something that I've been dying to watch and even the Cirque du Soleil reference comes because I was I was there last night at Bazaar which is Cirque du Soleil. Um but uh truth I think is an in- for me it's a tenet. I think I was very young and apparently I said this in college to someone who has bandied it back at me ever since. Nothing works like the truth. Um and I think truth and honesty is a very very important part of who we are and what we are midlife ah crisis <laughs> um yeah i don't know uh when i was young everyone went yeah you know 40s is midlife i don't know if it's midlife um i have no i have no concept of midlife it's just life <laughs> uh, totally um and you 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 keep uh, driving and running and you know trying to make make stuff happen bucket list wow very very big bucket um <laughs> uh, dub list then yeah no it's lots of things i mean it's i think a bucket list is important it's something that you definitely want to have it's something that keeps you reaching for something and pushing and keeping life exciting which i think is also very very important um like my simple bucket list is i'm dying to watch a cricket match in australia you know a test match none of this 228 garbage <laughs> uh but like you know really go there for 5 days or, or watch it somewhere like you know elsewhere so that's a that's a bucket list you know uh take my mom to angkor wat that's a bucket list but those are very very small things i think bucket list as a concept it's important mm-hmm. to keep putting things in that bucket beauty 
this is a really tough one that is why only for you only for me <laughs> um beauty for me is grace um physical grace human grace dignity the way someone behaves that makes them or it beautiful okay choices yes cricket or a night at the theater ooh very tough um oh, very hard to choose um you can have both so cricket relaxes me hmm the theater nourishes me live in relationships or matrimony oh live in okay uh, i'm i'm severely against marriage so uh not for i just think it's it's incredibly patriarchal i think uh as a construct it's it falls i'm all for fidelity i'm all for all of you know those things but i'm i'm not i i i don't see why you need a piece of paper to and that to from the government um <laughs> like there are people right now who are, oh, who are so signing funny. pieces of paper so that they can rent in bombay great taste no money or loads of money and garish taste No no greatest no money great choice all my sons or so many socks ooh so many socks these were both plays that i that i directed i know i um, watched both lovely right but yeah sort of international versus homegrown well little bit of that also i think the projects were very different um mm. part of it was also the process of working on them um i enjoyed them both immensely but i think so many socks was much more enriching because it became larger than just a production lovely great choice q mm. you've done well um moving on to truth or dare so the green cards are truth and the red ones are if you dare wow. dare you can pick either and flip them and see what you get i will try a truth share a pre-show disaster Wow. Uh my god there've been so many. Um the one which was pretty psychotic was uh we were doing all my sons. And it was a Friday night. Um and we were we had a rehearsal Friday and we had show Saturday Sunday. <laughs> and suddenly Nadir calls me up who's playing Uh, Chris Keller was playing the lead and he called up and went uh Q I'm uh, being taken to hospital right now I don't think I can do the shows on the weekend I was like what the hell and he he'd been diagnosed with severe hepatitis so <laughs> he got wheeled in and we were turned up to rehearsal going guys we have a problem so I had stepped in right. which itself I sh- is, I saw that show oh good god Wow. Uh, which and your mom is, was in it too. Yes, my mom was in yeah. it too, which is itself a disaster. Uh because one of the directing your mom. That is as well, <laughs> but also me acting in it which so one of the unwritten rules of QTP is that I will not act for the company. They all believe I'm crap. So which is Do you agree? Yes. They they I mean I was like I got really hurt at the beginning and then they turned to me then uh Thora and Nader and Argya turned to me and said, "Q, just think about it." Would you cast yourself if you were two different people? And I went no. They said, "See, we rest our case." <laughs> so I completely understand where they're at. But this was like an emergency. Nobody else, you know, knew the moves, etc. So I stepped in, uh, and man, that was a nerve-wracking show. Uh, and it was super smooth for the audience. Yeah, but there was a whole point where I had blanked. I had three interjections at a particular point. Um, 
and I completely blanked what two of them were. Right, and it's an argument between Konal Roy Kapoor and Yuki Elias on stage, and I'm on one side of the stage, and they're having a conversation, and I interject once, I interject twice, I interject third time. So it's not like you know, there's a they're not really talking to me. So the first time I couldn't remember what the interjection was. I remembered one of the interjections. I didn't know where it went. Right, I just remember one of the lines, which was the voice of God. So. They were having their their powwow, and I realized, okay, here was my interjection point, and I went, the voice of God, and they both turned at me, and they realized that I, I lost, you know, whatever I was supposed to say, so they went back, and they were fantastic. They just went back, you know, to their argument and whatever. Second interjection point came in, uh, interruption point came in, and I went, I still don't have the line, so I went. The voice of God, <laughs> and this went on, and then they went to the third interjection point, and this was now finally the point where voice of God works. And then I added, I said, "See the voice of God," <laughs> and it somehow worked. If you were in the audience, you didn't know it was. But I was like, "I was, oh my God, I am so crap." You are way too hard on yourself, Kwasar. Mm-hmm. In conversation with Kwasar Thakur Padamsi, what an absolute. Pleasure to have hung out with you, Kwasar. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for listening in. If you're 40 and you know it, do reach out. You can post queries, ideas, opinions on my Twitter handle at Sal Radio Head. Till next week, then. This is Saloni Mehta calling it a wrap. Live it up. Live it wicked. Midlifers with Saloni.